This podcast is intended for adult audiences only and contains explicit language in spicy situations. And we do not replace any advice of professionals and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not reflect our own. Welcome to the Pineapple Express podcast. And I'm your host, Kylie, a.k.a. Sexy Swinger Chick. And I'm Brad, a.k.a. Brad the Space Cadet. Journey with us as we navigate in ethical non-monogamy, sex positivity, sex work, and relationship advice as millennial swingers. Explore with us as we share some of our upside-down pineapple ventures with you. All All aboard aboard the Pineapple Express. Okay, so you're wondering how to get to a Swinger Society event to party with some of the hottest names in TikTok, OnlyFans, and social media? Well, head on over to theswingersociety.net and create a free profile, purchase exclusive memberships, and also see what other hot couples are going to the events. The Swinger Society is an inclusive event group, and they offer premium lifestyle events that you won't find anywhere else. We have a Discord with over 22,000 members, and we have a Facebook group as well. Head on over to swingersociety.net and join the fastest growing inclusive lifestyle community. Hey, everybody. So uh, today on the podcast, I have Just and Justin. Uh, They go by Swinger Ed on social media. They're freaking awesome and amazing. I love them so much. But um, I'm super excited to share this podcast with you guys. So it's a podcast all about unicorns and ethical unicorn um, finding slash hunting. Um, I hate the word unicorn hunter, but I know it's like kind of prevalent in the lifestyle. Um, and it's something that we don't really talk about a whole lot, um, but it's definitely something that needs to be talked about. And we have a great conversation about it. Um, Justin, Justin have been in the lifestyle for 14 years and they are just a freaking powerhouse on social media. And when it comes to educating and supporting people, um, they have a really great background in, um, like sexual assaults and uh, they just are awesome when it comes to consent and I just absolutely freaking love them. Um, But yeah, so today what I'm going to do is I asked the question on my Facebook. So if you follow me on Facebook, um, you know that I like to ask a lot of questions uh, in regards to the lifestyle, just to kind of help me grow and me learn. Um, and the question that I asked, and um, I had a lot of like controversial uh, opinions. Actually, I uh, shook some people up a little bit. That was not my intention. I just wanted people to sound off on it. But um, that's how I realized this is a very controversial topic. Uh, so I said, lifestyle friends sound off for me. Is unicorn hunting ethical? Why or why not? So um, I'm just going to read the responses. I'm not going to say their names. But somebody said, I feel like non-lifestyle always have the most or the most to say. And they say it is not ethical. Laughing out loud. I personally feel it depends on how it's worded. And if both parties are interested when the question is posed. Why does it matter? I don't know. And then somebody said, I think morals and ethics are forever changing and what someone else does is really none of anyone else's business. And then someone else said, so long as the unicorn is treated with respect and is happy with the arrangement, I don't see how it could be unethical. And somebody said, uh, they completely agree. The wording is slightly problematic in the in that hunt is an air of predatory feel to it. But anyone in the lifestyle understands it just means looking for a single female. We couple quote unquote hunt. So 
as this person said, as long as it's done with respect, we don't see an ethical issue here. Um, I like that answer. And then somebody said polyamorous person here. There is a difference between unicorn hunting and polyamory and unicorn hunting in the lifestyle. In polyamory, it is considered unethical to hunt because the person is being hunted and is one, being used for sex, and two, not giving agency or say in the primary couple's relationship. These issues run into ethics of hierarchy, couple's privilege, and veto power, which are all considered unethical in polyamory, but not necessarily in the swinging lifestyle. I think there is a difference in how the two communities view unicorn hunting. In swinging and lifestyle, the relationship with the unicorn slash dragon is purely sexual, and if all parties consent and to being involved and have agreements in place, then that suits all the parties, not just the couple, but the one person in particular, then personally, I feel that it is fair. In polyamory, unicorn hunting is seen as wanting to add a third person to an existing relationship, which can be unethical depending on how the couple goes about it. Um, have they checked their couple's privilege? Will the third person have agency to speak up and voice concerns with both other people in the relationship? Will the couple have veto power in the, over the third person? This removes a third person's agency. For example, if one person gets jealous, do they pull along the plug or do they pull the plug or make their partner in the relationship with the third person, even if neither of those people want their relationship to end? In any case, so long as the third person has a seat at the table, it is taken seriously and is isn't viewed or treated as less than important than the other two in the already established relationship, then I'm fine with consenting adults doing whatever they consent to. And then it says, as long as the unicorn is treated with respect and consent by all parties, yes. And um, I think that these are really, really good answers. Um, and then somebody said, I really think the concept of removing the term ethical and unethical from non-monogamy topics whenever possible. The context Concepts of true non-monogamy have certain code of ethics that should be followed. For instance, there's non-monogamy and then there's cheating. There's unicorn hunting and then there's abusive power dynamics. There's being a unicorn and there's being a homewrecker. These behaviors present in a lifestyle that don't deserve the dignity of being called something that can be done in a way that is safe, safe and respectful. And I think that they bring up a really good point that, um, you know, not all unicorns are bad and not all unicorns are good. Not all unicorn hunters are bad or have bad intentions. And not all unicorns hunters do have good intentions. So um, I think a lot of good conversations around this. I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Send me an email. Send me a Instagram message, Facebook message, uh, wherever you want to get a hold of me. I'd love to hear what you have to say because it's always interesting to hear different perspectives because you know, as being a part of this lifestyle, we're learning and growing every day and we're learning new things and new perspectives. And um, that's why I like having podcasts like this so that I can get new perspectives on what I already, you know, I, I kind of already knew all of these things about unicorn hunting. It's like, you know, we know in polyamory, it's different than in the lifestyle and there's just lots of dynamics to it. So um, yeah, definitely sound off on it. Let me know your opinion. I'd love to hear it. So I hope that you guys enjoy this podcast. Uh, we will be at Secrets in Kissimmee, Florida, uh, September 21st through the 26th. And then we will be at, in Blue Ash, Ohio, 
in, uh, so that's like near Columbus, um, October 21st and 22nd for the Play Champagne Takeover. So yeah, I can't wait to see you all. Uh, hopefully get to meet you guys um, and continue on this lovely journey. So I uh, hope you guys really enjoy. Hey, Upside Down Pineapple people. Join the millions of couples enjoying amazing sex with Promescent. I personally love their variety of products they offer, and their aloe-based lube is the only lube I've ever used that doesn't throw off my pH. Brad loves their delay spray, which is clinically proven to help men last longer in bed. Their products have a 60-day money-back guarantee and free shipping on orders in the U.S. over $10. Their shipping is discreet and private, which is perfect for us in the Swinger lifestyle. Make sure that you go to www.promescent.com backslash Kylie for all your discreet sexual health needs. My link is in the show notes. Promescent helps you live your best upside down pineapple life. I get asked all the time, how do I get into the non-monogamous lifestyle? And I've got the solution for you. It's the three fun app. It's the best dating app for couples and singles looking to explore open relationships. It's totally millennial friendly, aka it's in the 21st century, you guys. This is finally a dating app for us non-monogamous folks who are looking for a unicorn. Maybe you're looking for a bull. Maybe you're looking for a couple. This is my favorite app and I use it all the time. If you want to find a link to it, just go to www.sexyswingerchick.net and you'll find my link. I hope to see you guys there. Most people have unprotected oral sex, right? Be honest. Now think about your last STD test. Did your doctor tickle your throat with something that looked like a giant Q-tip? Probably not. Yet that's the only way to check for oral gonorrhea or chlamydia, which are often asymptomatic. You need a better doctor. You need shamelesscare.com. Use coupon code CHIC, that's C-H-I-C, at checkout. All right, everybody. So I have Jess and Justin here. And they are Swinger Ed on uh, TikTok and on Instagram and everything, right, guys? That's it's yes. Swinger Ed now, right? Because it, I know you guys have lost like so many different accounts. Yeah. Yeah, Swinger Ed. Um, so they do a lot of educational stuff on TikTok. A lot of their videos are centered around education and helping people and supporting people in their lifestyle journey. Um, and I wanted to chat with them today about. Uh, unicorn hunting, the ethics of unicorn hunting, um, because it seems like you guys have a pretty good background with this. You know a lot about unicorns. You've had your fair share of unicorns. Uh, so I I think it would be a good conversation for us to have. It's uh, been something I wanted to chat about for a while. So um, if you guys can just tell the audience kind of where you come from, what got you started in social media and content creating and yeah, just kind of tell your story. So we've been in the lifestyle for 14 years now. 14 years now. 14 years Long now, time. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, so we've been in the lifestyle for 14 years. And we got in pretty organically yes. um, through a unicorn. I guess she, she kind of like. Yeah, a unicorn found us. Yeah. And we're like, hey, this is great. Um, and we've just kind of navigated our way um, into where we are now, which is we're a full swap couple. We've been in the lifestyle long enough that um, there's so many people, there's so many misconceptions, there's so many people who 
you know, don't really realize that there is kind of an organization um, to the lifestyle. There are, um, how would you describe that? I say you kind of like grow in phases, like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like you grow, you grow as a swinger, especially like depending on where you, you come in. Cause we got in it fairly young. So yes. like, you know, coming in young, you, you seem really, you are open-minded as where uh, I've seen people come in later and um, it is a bit of a learning curve, like uh, for older couples getting into the lifestyle and like getting back into the dating aspect, you know, it's like, ooh, that was cringe. You shouldn't have said that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could do that at all ages, but I would say that, you know, because we've been in the lifestyles for so long and you see so many people that um, don't realize like how the lifestyle functions and it's like, okay, there is a need for people experienced, you know, swingers to kind of help out people. Cause there has been the swinger community has exploded in recent years. Yeah. Um, it's and, not patriarchal anymore. Yeah. So I think that there is a need for people to kind of guide newbie swingers and say like, Hey, like we've been through it all. This is kind of what works. This is, you know, kind of what doesn't work and yeah. you don't have to listen to us, but this is, this is, this what is what's socially correct in right. the community you know what i mean and if you you know if you work outside these bounds you know people might socially correct you you know mm -hmm. there's an etiquette there if you will etiquette. yeah there's an etiquette to swinging and it's something that it's i kind of equate it to like uh sex work and stripping like there's an etiquette to stripping right um but the way that we got taught etiquette when i was like when i first started stripping when i was 18 was like you got your ass beat in the locker room if you <laughs> if you didn't if you didn't have etiquette. Now it's like that art is gone. So we want to keep that art with the swinger lifestyle, right? And keep the etiquette because there's an art form to it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So that's that's what we do. That's why we do it. That's why education is such a big passion for both of us, especially with his background as a um, sexual that's assault advocate. Um, so yeah, that's what we do. So tell me about your experience with unicorns in the lifestyle. So from my understanding, you guys are just swingers. You're not swally. You're not poly. You're not relationship anarchy, not open relationships. So this is the experience of unicorns from somebody in the swinger lifestyle, which I want to make this, uh, I want to differentiate this unicorns in the swinger lifestyle are different than unicorns in the polyamorous or the, the open relationship like they're it's vastly different so i just wanted to say that like they're giving an experience from lifestyle and the swinger lifestyle yeah yes. we, we tried the whole poly thing it just wasn't for us yeah so for us we don't the crazy thing is and i think more people i wish more people would realize this is that we don't unicorn hunt at all at yeah. all zero percent we have a um, unicorn that always hangs out with us lizzie she's always hanging out with us but me and her have never hooked up yeah so i think that that um by empowering unicorns like hey like we really do just friend zone unicorns you know like if it happens it happens that's great if not like we don't come to the table expecting like we're gonna find a unicorn tonight and we're gonna do this with her tonight no. and i think that that helps unicorns feel um safer more empowered and ultimately we give the decision to them like hey like if y'all think if you think that we're cool and you would play then you bring it up you say something like we're not going to try to make you feel cornered into making this decision 
Um, and so we have had a lot of experiences with unicorns and we hang out with a lot of unicorns, but I think it is just because there isn't that expectation or objectification of them. Right. There's no, um, there's an equal interest in a threesome. Right. And they, they reach out to us usually, like I want to say 99% of the time they reach out to us, you know, like we reach out like, Hey, do you mind showing us the club in Houston? Yeah. Hey, this is the club we go to meet us there, you know? And so I think that's one thing too, is like uh, not picking somebody up on a first date, you know? And, you know, so now you're their only way out. I know we have Uber now too, but you know, um, just regular safety precautions, not letting somebody know where you live right away, not being, you know, having them as your only ride or going to their house too, because that's kind of like a power play too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not very neutral. So that's why we always like to meet new people at the clubs. And people are like, hey, we want to want to meet y'all or want to go on a date. Like, okay, meet us at the club. We don't do like, hey, let's go out to eat first or anything like that until we kind of known you, I guess. Uh-huh. It's yeah. like it's like a um, it's a safety thing. I mean, I think that and this is the reality. Yeah. Unicorns have to have safety measures more so than couples or bulls. Because of the power, I mean, it, it's just facts, you know, they, they do, they do have more of a risk for, you know, sexual assault and stuff like that. So, um, I, I not necessarily in, I mean, it's just women in general. So being a woman, being a young woman, uh, you do have to have some sort of safety measures as you know, and have a little bit more of a barrier and a protection for yourself, you know, make sure that you let friends know where you're going to be. Um, and this goes for if you're going on a Tinder date, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. we we have a uh, we always have Lizzie's location. Yeah, whenever she's, she's traveling with someone, she'll tell us when she gets there. I screenshot that location, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. okay, I know where she's at. But um, two, I would say another important thing that like um, that people should be more aware of when wanting to play with unicorns is I think the reason that we're so successful in um, I hate saying successful, but um, is that we allow, like when we're chatting with unicorns and they're wanting to play, we allow them to kind of tell us what it is that they want to do. And we include her in like making sure like her pleasure is important too. Whereas I feel like unicorn hunters is how can I add another woman to make my pleasure like better? Uh, Like how can I improve my pleasure by adding this person? I want to give my fiance a threesome for his birthday. I (laughs) was literally just thinking this and like that, drives me insane because like, first of all give to my my partner as yeah. properties like you're gifting know, a like, human to your partner like that is so dehumanizing for the, the other human and like you're not what you basically what you're doing is like you you aren't communicating everyone's sexual goals it's just your fiance's sexual goals or husband's sexual goals you know or your sexual goals it's not you're not putting that third person their you know their fantasies and their pleasure you're not putting that into play you're just using that person and that's to me it's that's i don't like that it's using that person mm-hmm. um just like a like filling their their character in your story basically you know like you very like have all these ideas in your head you know of what you want this person to do you know because we we I've, i was in the service for 10 years you know and i've been deployments and you know and we've talked about like everything that we we're going to do together you know our experiences that we wanted to have 
you know so like i i understand like playing it out but then like when you're actually going to recruit that's like where you see like the predatory like behaviors you know what i mean where somebody's trying to lure a single person in with their wife under the guise of like oh like hey look at this beautiful woman that wants to play with you and maybe i will be included or maybe i won't but the intention already is there that like you plan on being included or coercing like your way into the situation Mm -hmm. absolutely and again i think that there are definitely like people who do it ethically um another thing that i've seen and this has actually happened to me before. I don't know, Jess, if this has ever happened to you, but like, so couples, so, and we're going to talk about OPP in a minute, but there are couples who like get into the lifestyle. And actually this is how me and Brad got into the lifestyle. Cause we didn't know if you don't know, you don't know, but basically they're only are looking for either single women or women who are acting as a unicorn. So you can be coupled like we are, and you can act as a unicorn. Um, and I've had couples come to me like, Hey, can you be our unicorn? And obviously that's not okay with my partner because that's just not the dynamic that we have. Um, I've seen, I've had friends who have done that, but like, has that ever happened to you where a couple has come to you and been like, Hey, we want our first experience to just be with a single woman. So one thing that did happen was actually my best friend. Um, we were talking, I was talking to her and she had told me she's a, they're a vanilla couple. She's like me and my husband, she was like, we fantasize about having a threesome. And when we talk about it, we're always like, when we want to do it, we want it to be with you, you know? And like, not, they're like, not Justin. Cause they, you know, like that he can work. He's like my brother, you know? <laughs> but like, we want it to be with you. And I'm like, well, this is weird. <laughs> I'd totally be up for it. <laughs> I'd let it go. But it's just weird to me. It's like, like that, like, why am I okay and sexualized? And I, like, we don't have that relationship that can't cross boundaries, but my husband does have that relationship that can't cross boundaries, you know? Yeah. Um, well, just- I mean, it's, it's, I think where that comes from is if, if we're being real about this, you know, the fetish, fetishization of bisexual women in the lifestyle we know it's a thing like i talk about it all the time you know bisexual there are so many more women who are out bisexuals in the lifestyle than there are men because they're fetishized it's almost like if you are in the lifestyle you and i've talked to women who are not bisexual and they're like yeah i feel like an outcast i feel like no that really really makes it difficult for us to find other couples because everybody just wants to see the women together well you know the men they want to start playing yeah mm-hmm. that, that helps starts um and so for me we started <laughs> off in the lifestyle our very first actual experience in the lifestyle was an all girl orgy and at the time it's like i was kind of experience, experimenting with my sexuality and um, but it was eventually I did realize that it was because I felt like, okay, it's not cheating if it's other women, but I did feel like it was cheating if it was other men. Oh my God. I was like, no, I'm not like, he may say, okay, he's okay with a swapping. But in my mind, I'm like, I can't have sex with other men yet because that feels like cheating to me. And then when Isn't I that crazy, yeah. When I realized that, no, like, I really don't really too much enjoy having sex with women. I really do love having sex with men. And we had to come to a place where he's like, Jess, I promise it's okay. (laughs) It's it's not going to bother me. And I realized, okay, like, I was just having sex with women because I felt like that's what I had to do. 
but that's what was expected in the lifestyle. And now I, I'm pretty clear with everyone, like, okay, these are the things I will and won't do with girls, you know, but mostly I do like being with men, but there was an unlearning that had to happen um, because it did feel like cheating to me. Well, and also when we think like that, it doesn't that devalue and like, this is the way I see it. And I've explained this to my partner before, because I think he somewhat is caught in that thought process still a little bit like, well, when it's a woman, it really, they're not threatening, but like, I'm truly bisexual. So what that means is like, I have dated women and I've been in romantic relationships with women, not just sexual. Um, If the thought process is that insecurity that like your partner is going to find someone else or fall in love with someone else and leave you. And that's why you're insecure about them, you know, having sex with them. Like, doesn't that devalue the relationships that women have together as well, especially bisexual women? Like, I feel like that kind of devalues that and makes it like, Oh, well, they're not threatening to me because they don't have a penis, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I have a really good strap on. So, I mean, (laughs) men should be worried. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) or active. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that there are a lot of ways that you can ethically um, have fun with unicorns. And I think that the ethics goes both ways. Like, let's be real. I have some unicorn horror stories. I'm sure you guys have unicorn horror stories. (laughs) (laughs) Unicorns drink a lot and you have to from my experience, the unicorns that I've hung out with drink heavily, and you have to watch that, like because you know, like there's a certain point where you no longer have consent, you know? uh-huh. right? Um, and so you have to watch how much that unicorn is consuming alcohol to probably calm her nerves in a nervous situation, or, or you know, or like maybe this isn't like a it's a new situation, so they're trying to, and by doing that they're just drinking a lot and intaking a lot and uh so we've had like a lot of (laughs) unicorns just like pass out at the club and he's literally had to carry a unicorn out i had to carry carry her out like like cradle style we're talking to a couple and she was talking to a bull um and still having and and like we're like man she shouldn't be drinking like can we look over and the guy like that we're the couple that we're talking to is like yeah but we make it a point not to have to take care of other adults and I look over and boom, she just hits the ground. I'm like, okay, hey, we got to go. I'm sorry. I need to take her home. Well, and one of the things I've found too is, and I've I've been in situations where like I've been, the, you know, alone at a club without my partner, um, you know, where I've traveled by myself um, or he had something to do, you know. It's, a, it's hard when you don't have that safety net. Like he is my safety net. Like if I don't want to talk to anybody, I can talk to him, you know, and when you don't have that. And then on top of that, being a pretty girl who is alone and feeling like all eyes are on you because everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get that unicorn over there because they don't know that you're not a unicorn, you yeah. know, um, it, unless they talk to you. And like that, I can see how it would be double the anxiety for a single female in the yeah. lifestyle. Definitely. Um So the other thing that I wanted to chat about is the one penis. uh, What is it? The OPP, though. One penis policy. One penis policy. So this is a very controversial topic, right? Um, But I, I can see I can see how it's controversial because I feel like that's 
like I said, there's an unlearning that has to happen. I think as a society, we do think that um, that the idea of women being non-monogamous with other men, that's like, <gasps> you know, um, but women with other women, again, it's like, oh, no big deal. It's just a, it's just, like I said, it's just a fetishization, you know, um, but I think that that's very common in newbie swingers. And it just so happens that, like I said, the lifestyle is exploding right now. And so there's a lot more newbie swingers that are like, no, this is the norm. You know? mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I think it really brings into play, like you said, the unlearning um, and like the male, I think like male, the stereotypical male thought process of like, if someone else other than me has sex with my my partner that somewhat like that devalues her um I get so many guys and so many people you know online who say well I'm okay with having sex with another female I'm okay with her having sex with another female but I could never watch her with another guy because like I just couldn't do that and I'm like you have to unlearn you have to unlearn that um and I also think it's very different if So let's say that I went to my partner and I was, and this is what happened in the beginning of the lifestyle for us. Like, I don't want another penis. I just want you, um, you know, you do it for me, baby. Like, uh, I just want to explore my sexuality with women. Um, but at a certain point, I think that that fades away. It depends for everyone. For me, it was in my first night of swinging, you know, my first experience, but for some people it takes them a little bit longer. That's way different than my partner coming to me and saying to me, we have a one penis policy and I only want you with women. Those are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I know anybody in my social circle that has a one penis policy. Well, that's because the people that are in our social circle have been in those. We are. I've been in the lifestyle a very long time. Um, And I do think that is a very. I think it it is a very newbie thing. thing. Um, Because I was there myself, you know, thinking that his penis was the only penis that I should have, you know, not that I wanted, that I should have. And even now it's like, and it is, I know that it's very controversial for me to think this, but it's like, um, I don't know. I feel like when people say like, well, this, this is the only penis that I even want, you know, like I only want to try their vaginas. And it's like, but you like, obviously do like dick. But I don't know if I say that. Um, <laughs> penis. You liked it before you had his, you liked others before that. So like, I do think that you do want it. I do think that you just don't Not feel, that to your partner. you don't feel like you have that safe space yet to communicate yeah to communicate that no i do kind of want more and maybe they don't i don't know but i've seen so many people that have like i've watched them go through that growth of like no no other penises and then like actually it's that's not it feels unfair and the question is if you don't have a safe space if you don't feel safe communicating with your partner your real wants and needs Uh is the lifestyle really a good idea right now you know, like if you don't feel safe enough to communicate to your partner, I'm, I want this, this is a fantasy of mine, regardless of the gender of the person. It's probably not, you're probably not there yet. Uh, emotionally. Yeah. Or, or on a, um, 
or you probably don't have the communication skills as a couple um, either. Yeah, absolutely. So I did a little bit of research and I went on Reddit <laughs> and the re this is what a lot, I read a thread about it and this is what the Reddit user said. And I want to know your guys' opinion on, mm -hmm. so I got three or yeah, four opinions on it. Um, and this is where specifically we're not talking about unicorn hunting. We're talking about um, one penis policy. So again, a one penis policy is you're only allowed to be or not allowed, but like um, you only have one penis. You only have sex with your partner and then you're both parties have sex with other females, typically unicorns. Um, so somebody on Reddit says it does not give women the freedom to explore their sexuality. What do you guys think about that? 100% correct. Yeah, it doesn't because if... Because it's a policy, you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> you know, so now you have to, now let's say that that woman is feeling like she is attracted, she has to, to somebody and there's a spark going on right at that moment. They have to, what should happen is go back to your partner and reestablish boundaries. But like, it's a policy in place. So like now, like, is it can is art is that a hard boundary are you able to communicate that yeah can you communicate that in the moment or you know what i mean like because you've already set out with these what your rules are what your boundaries are and it's it is hard to reset those boundaries in the moment and at i that would night. say too it, it it's hard to consider that an exploration of your sexuality if obviously you are bisexual because you are having sex with your partner and you are wanting to have sex with a woman you're not able to explore your bisexuality because, you know, like, you're only able to ex explore your sexuality with women and your sexuality with men mm. is kind of locked down into one person. That's not an exploration of that sexuality, you know? Absolutely. I 100% agree. It, and I think that the biggest word there is freedom. Uh -huh. Yes. I think that we are all, we all are deserving and we don't get into this lifestyle. I mean... I didn't get in this lifestyle to have, uh, you know, my freedoms, like to almost like be controlled in a way, you know, mm -hmm. I got into this lifestyle to explore my, my, um, individuality and my sexual individuality and like, just be free, you know? And, um, so I think that's a really good point that that Redditor made. Um, and then the next point is that, it's based in jealousy, misogyny, and patriarchal standards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I don't, I don't feel like, and this could be controversial, I don't know, I, I don't feel like it is usually the woman creating that policy. It's usually her partner that's creating that policy or, or not giving that safe space for her to be able to speak up about what it is that she enjoys. And it's more focused on his um experience. exploration and his experiences and his pleasure um and it's not an equal um experience for i for i for both for her you know so yeah there's still some power dynamics there because you don't really hear of like like there's not like a big one pussy policy you know right yeah <laughs> <laughs> right um, and I think that goes along with like the, that a lot of people do get into the lifestyle. And this is why I got into the lifestyle and me and my partner um, because of my bisexuality and it, wanting and craving the that exploration with other women. Um, and I think, too, one of the big things is like, even though a woman says 
that that's what she wants. It, does she really want that? Or is she just saying that to make her partner happy, to people please her oh. partner? Uh, because women are really good at people pleasing because we're taught that like, oh, yeah, you have to submit you know, you're, it's very submissive t- sort of a thing. It very much reminds me of women who come into the uh, the strip club because um, I'm a stripper. And it, it reminds me of like those women who go there for their husbands mm-hmm. to ha- let their husbands have fun and explore. And they're just like and they are uncomfortable with it. You can tell by their face that they're like, this makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like this. So um I think that that's a big part of it is like, it's almost like a pick me thing. Like, do you get what I'm saying there when I say like a pick me thing? Yeah, no, which I totally get. Cause you know, like I'm a huge, huge people pleaser. So we did start off a lot of our lifestyle journey, you know, with me doing the people pleasing. And I wouldn't say it's anything that he encouraged. Like it was all me in my head. There was never, he never created any kind of boundaries for me. Um, but it was, I guess societal pressure of me thinking this is what I should do to, you know, people please my husband. Worry about body counts. This is what is expected of me. Um, So yeah, I was there. I understand. But I know like that I've grown from that. And so I can see when other people are there now, when other women are in that place, because I was there. Right. And again, it's an unlearning and a healing process um, with both parties. And it's an unlearning for men too. I mean, I think inherently like men who they don't mean to be misogynistic, like they, a lot of them, um, some of them just don't care, but like, for the most part, I think it's just an unlearning process. And it's like, um, I think that women are coming into their power now and understanding that like their pleasure is just as important as a man's pleasure. Um, and I, I just think that that's, it's, it's very interesting. And and when you look at the lifestyle comparative to like the kink lifestyle and the poly lifestyle, um, it's still very much rooted in those, uh, patriarchal standards and misogyny. And that's why there's 66% men and 33% women in the lifestyle, because, um, I think that a lot of women are just kind of afraid of it because of these thought processes that we're unlearning as a community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know Justin spoke, has been speaking about it a lot, but like the power imbalances. So like, what does that mean that there are like power imbalances? Okay. So um, like I, I find in a lot of relationships, you know, when a man, uh, typically, I'm not saying this is hundred percent, typically, a male is the breadwinner, you know, and um, it's good. Okay. Cause I come from a military background. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, in my community, I saw like the male is the breadwinner. He is in control of a lot of the financial decisions, you know? And so that does put him in a big power position, especially cause with the military, you're moving around a lot too. So now your spouse can't have like stable employment, you know, uh, a stable, you know, going to school without it being online, like always being uprooted, not having those uh, social support support systems and all that, you know, so naturally, you know, your partner's disenfranchised if you're the service member, because they're not going to be making as much as you unless they have like certifications and just have done a lot for their career already. But most 
of us like got together in high school, you know? And so we're coming right out of high school. Our partner's not getting any like work experience or anything like that. And so now there is a power imbalance, right? And then they get pregnant. So now they have children that the child automatically, like the responsibility falls on the, the, um, mother, wife. the mother, the wife, right? Like now you have to figure out how you're going to get pay for daycare, you know? So now it's like, well, if I go back to work, then, you know, daycare kind of negates my work because I have no work experience and daycare is, I thought is 1200 a month or a thousand dollars a month. You know, I've seen it as low as 600 a month, but that was a long, long time ago, but it's really expensive, you know? And then we can't find people that will pay women that much, you know, with no work experience. So there is a power imbalance. You have somebody that's building their career and their finances and has control of the finances while somebody else doesn't. And I'm specifically talking about how um, the military is set up, but there are a lot of organizations that are set up the same way where, you know, um, the spouse is the female and is expected to support the husband while he pursues his, you know, professional career and aspirations. And um, now if she does something wrong and they have to split up now, like, you know, she has to try to figure out like, what am I going to do with my career? You know, am I going to get enough money to support myself and my kids? You know, and then like some people would feel like they have to find another partner man to fill that position um so there naturally are power imbalances just with gender inequality i would say you know and uh we may be catching up but i don't i don't see it with our generation yet i see it more so with my kids generation yeah different varieties of power dynamics too like one that we see that i feel like is kind of like that we see a lot of that is kind of cringe especially like as you know, spicy creators is that we see the, um, in the lifestyle of spicy creators, the couples that are doing like really, really well on the platform and approaching the new creators. And I feel like there is a power dynamic there because the new creators feel like, I don't want to have to do this, but they're saying in order for me to be successful that I should be with the, I should be with and make content with the male partner of this female creator so I can get my account up or so I can be successful. So that's something um, that we've seen a lot. It's something that um, Lizzie has experienced a lot um, that, you know, women having successful platforms and their husband being husbands contacting them and being like, Hey, you need to be with me. So my wife can give you a shout out um so you can be successful so that's a power dynamic that we so and that goes along with not just content creating which obviously we know because we've been content creating for a while now um and we've been a part of this you know we we see a lot of newer people coming in but that goes along with like i think just being somebody who is a creator a swinger creator in general lifestyle creator in general like We that's something that we really, really need to think about when it comes to power dynamics is that like we have a privilege in the lifestyle and as ambassadors of the lifestyle, whether you're an event owner or social media creator, um, you have a power you have a power play on people and we feel that way not just as you know not just on the social media aspect because of the how many years experience we've been in there so when we have you know vanilla friends that approach us and they're they're wanting to you know get into the lifestyle we realize that 
the experience is a power dynamic. So we always, absolutely we will introduce you to other people. We'll tell you all about it. We'll tell you all that you need to know. We'll show you all the events, but because of that power dynamic, we, we prefer not to be your first experience. Exactly. Yeah. And I get that. And I, I think that that's a huge thing that we consent plays a role, a huge role in that. Um, and people don't, when you think about consent, you think about alcohol, you think about, um, mental, you know, if you're going through a mental health crisis or you think about age of consent, right. You don't really think about those power dynamics and you, and you also think about manipulation and coercion, but like having a power imbalance, like you're saying, you know, if you're a spicy creator, um, and you're maybe a higher up percentage on OnlyFans or, you know, you have more of a following, um, that creates a power imbalance and you should not use that to your advantage. I, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm very cautious about not just the people that I make content with, but like the people that I swing with in general, because it's like, are they wanting to swing with me because I'm Kylie's sexy swinger chick or are they wanting to swing with me because I'm Kylie, you yeah. know, because of the person that I am. Um, and I've been in situations where I've, you know, people have asked me to collab with them or, you know, and I felt like there was a power imbalance and they got quite upset with me because they saw me as, like sort of like their meal ticket, right? Like their, that money, you know, Oh, I'm going to make so much money off of this collab. And it's like, um, and I've also been in their position where I'm like, Hmm, I really want to collab with this person because they're much higher up than me and they can boost me. And like, when you're talking about sex and when you're talking about people having sex and when you really are in the lifestyle and you're not just a porn creator, like I consider myself lifestyle for first. And then the only fans is just for fun. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think when you really are in the lifestyle, you really think about those ethics associated yeah. with that for sure. Um, so I want to talk about your guys's top five reasons why you feel, and this is your opinion that the one penis policy is unethical. And then I'll give my top five reasons. Top five reasons. I, I feel like it, um, it kind of shuts down a conversation that, you know, as soon as, as soon as like it's expressed, I feel like the woman has to be like, Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. No, 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 totally. You know? And I mean, it does shut down communication. I feel like it devalues the, your partner's voice and, you know, and what you think about their body too, you know, that body count matters and that, you know, the more penises she has, the less value she has. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because, like, why would it matter? <laughs> right. But, I mean, that uh, goes back to, again, the m misogynistic views of, like, women aren't allowed to be sluts. They're, they can only be sluts if they're sluts with other women. <laughs> or sluts for me. It's okay if they're sluts if they're other women because you're fetishizing them as sluts and you enjoy seeing them as sluts. You know, like when they're watching porn, they're probably looking for like the sluttiest girls, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's their girl, can't be my she's girl. not allowed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so That's three. In this. Um, 
uh, why is one king's policy unethical? Uh, I don't. I don't feel like it allows a a good enough experience of the lifestyle. Like I feel like it's just like a like it's taking away a huge portion of the exploration in the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and so you're not getting the full lifestyle experience. Um, so I don't know. I feel like that's. Yeah, I don't feel like you're gonna be uh, a very active member of lifestyle on a one penis policy, you know, because yeah. you're kind of have a lot of people that relate to that thought process. Because, like I said, you kind of grow, and that's like a newbie thought process. And if you're not growing with your peers, then you're gonna be stuck in that whole newbie spot you're not going to be integrated with groups i wouldn't see anybody integrated with groups because like i said like in our groups i don't know any one kinest policy people um, yeah i would feel like that would be a, a, in a way almost exclusionary because me personally right so if i meet a couple say we're at the club and they they say yeah we have the one penis policy like she's only allowed to play with women um and i don't allow her to play with men um I'm not going to talk to you and I'm going to look you in the face to the man because I'm really good at this. And mm -hmm. I'm going to probably tell you that you have a tiny dick and that you're a piece of shit for controlling your wife. Like, no, I wouldn't say that. But I'm just very mouthy to men because of my job and what I do. And um, I don't I just I don't like it when when I see a woman being in a submissive position because I'm not submissive, but like, I feel like I would exclude, exclude them. I would do it nicely. Obviously I wouldn't say that to them to their face, but like, I would do it nicely. And I, I feel like a lot of other people would just be like, Oh, that's cringe. I don't want to hang out with that person because like, if there, that just doesn't seem like my cup of tea, yeah. you know? And, but that's um, why I, I, I feel like social correctness, like really brings you along in the lifestyle because yeah. you might start out there and then you make you know like for me like i made friends with this one guy his name was chris and his wife was becky and they're the coolest couple ever and i was just like i could totally i could totally imagine like swinging with them like he's he's a really cool dude i wouldn't mind seeing him with jessica and i was like and becky's really hot and i was like man and that's when they, like it kind of opened my mind to like beyond the one penis policy you know it's just like and they didn't even shame us for it you know like like this was really early back in 14 years ago pretty mm -hmm. much because uh, that's when we really got first got into it you know so and you have to imagine too we're 23 24 at that time um so like we're really young and like one piece policy like i get it like for a young mind and everything but i do too i try to give grace i do <laughs> i try to give grace to because like i i get it but again like you guys have been saying there's an evolution with all of this and um, you have, if you're not evolving in the lifestyle, if you're not growing, if you're not healing, if you're not, uh, you know, peeling back those jealousy layers and those layers of social construct, cause it, you know, monogamy is a social construct within itself. So then, um, to be as open-minded to think with a non-monogamous mindset, you know, you almost have to peel back those social construct layers and, and look within yourself. And women are a lot better at this than men. I mean, men don't really, I mean. Yeah, yeah. well, we're, we're simple. Like we come along, we're like, okay, I do want to have sex with that person's wife, but he has to have sex with my wife. So, okay, I'm good with it. <laughs> that's, that's how Brad, I think that that's kind of how Brad relates to this is like, 
okay, well, I'm going to get a, this really hot other pussy and I still get my pussy. I mean, if I have to give up her having sex with this other guy, you know, that's fine. You know, or usually it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, back, but you know, you can argue. It's give and take. And it's what's I always say this, too. This is my favorite saying in the lifestyle. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Right. Um, and I, I I know that that's like an old saying, but, you know, what's and this is what we've found when it comes to power dynamics within the lifestyle is what's good for, you know, it has to be balanced. Um, what's good for him is good for me, you know, and um, that's how we're able to have good experiences and then as you grow and you change, you kind of fig- like I figure out, you know, Brad, if he could have, uh, you know, an orgy with just him and 20, like a, a gangbang on him, like a male gangbang, he would love that. And like, maybe that's not for me. Like, I just like to have intimate connections and experiences with men um, and women. And but like, that's OK. I He's OK to explore that fantasy when he can find that fantasy. <laughs> like it's very normal for women to have gang bangs but like is it normal for like 10 women to be in a room and just like brad one pussy after another you know that would be really cool to watch though wouldn't it (laughs) um okay so the last thing i want to talk about is how can you ethically in the lifestyle find a unicorn um you know, what are your top tips? So say that I'm listening and, and I didn't say the word hunting because I think that that word within itself is very predatory. It is. Yes. It is. And but, I feel like it comes from, it comes from the actual angle of, you know, there's two people looking for one person by themselves, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? so it's, it's predatory in nature already, you know, yeah. um, seeking out one person by themselves when you are two people, you know, I mean, it is it it is predatory, um, but I mean that person could be seeking out too. So, so the the ethics of it is to make sure that first of all, I would say that you're not objectifying this person that um, that you are humanizing her, empowering this person that you're taking her into account too, and it's not just you and your partner and y'all's wants and y'all's needs and y'all's fantasies. That um, everyone has an equal playing field. You know that makes yep. it ethical, that makes it ethical. Um, for, for us, though, I feel like we kind of tip the balance a little bit more in the unicorn's favor. I feel like it's more like, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to see happen? You know, like, I feel like we give her, it's not a 33-33-33 split. I feel like she's got a bigger split, and then we kind of fall into that. And I feel like that's... Why a lot of them hang out with us? Yeah, or... I, well, yeah, because basically you're peeling back that couple's privilege layer. Right. Because you know that you have it and you're like, all right, we're going to do the right thing and we're actually going to give them the like the privilege here because as they should feel privileged because they are the unicorn. And that's the other thing. Unicorns do have privilege. They can feel magical. So we do. So we'll like I feel like in starting the boundaries conversations, if if you're going over, you know, cause I always talk about boundaries and expectations. So instead of you starting with your boundaries and your expectations, cause your boundaries and expectations could shut down a conversation for her, start the conversation with her. Like, what are your boundaries and what are you yep. expecting to happen? Do I fit, do we fit into that role instead of do you fit into our role? 
Um, Everybody should be negotiating boundaries in this situation. It should not be um, the couple. And then the unicorn is just like, okay, I'll go along with your boundaries. Like everybody should be negotiating boundaries or it doesn't work. Yeah. And some people might be like, oh, I'm open to everything, you know, and like, then that's when we'll give an example. I'm like, okay, well, typically people will say no butt stuff and everything. And then they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, no butt stuff. You know, I don't want to do that. You know? So like, <laughs> we will start them off if they're one of those people that are like, oh, I don't have any boundaries or I don't think I, you know, cause there's a lot of stuff you haven't thought of yet. You know that like, right. some might be into like, you know, like, um, we're always going to ask before we spank or something like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I don't like being, sp- I don't like being spanked. <laughs> It's, it's all about communication. I think with, with three people, you know, I mean, we, I think it's a little bit different when it's like a swap, um, when it's a couple swap, because, um, you know, you, you're just, you're comfortable talking about those boundaries, but when it's one other person, like you really don't want to feel like you are, you have that couple's privilege and you really want to give them the chance to, um, not only be open-minded, but like, say how they really feel. Don't just say it because we're saying it. Don't just do it because we're doing it. Really think about those things before you jump into bed with someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the autonomy with their body as well. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And that's, I was just about to say that too. Like if you go out with a unicorn and you're paying for their entrance into an event or their dinner, that does not <laughs> like that is not still the deal for you. You know, you yeah. are not entitled to anything at all. They might find another couple to play with, and that's perfectly okay. Having no expectations <laughs> of so the the only time that you should ever have expectations with another person and sex is when it's paid for and negotiated like that. Yeah. In my opinion. Um and not paid for like I bought your dinner or I bought your entrance. Right. You're my unicorn now. Um, Those, those are, yeah. And even then, even then, you know, um, now that brings up another point and I've heard a lot about this. I've never done it myself. Um, what do you, how do you guys feel about, and I mean this, what your opinion is, what do you think about couples who are wanting to explore the lifestyle they only want to explore with females to begin with. Um, so then they go on a website and maybe find uh, someone to pay or they, you know, I think that sex workers play a huge unicorn role. I know I literally play the unicorn every day at work. Like I'm the unicorn. Um, I get to play unicorn every day. And I either people who are already in the lifestyle um, or people who are thinking about the lifestyle and they want to explore in a safe environment. Um, they want to explore their sexuality and the wives want to explore and the husbands are like nine times out of 10, like so supportive of it. But like, how do you guys, what do you think about that when it comes to unicorns and finding them? Um, so you're saying like, pers- sex work. yeah, sex work. I feel like if, as long as the, um, the unicorn everyone is consenting if that's the way that you want to go about it sex work is work sex work is work yeah and i mean, I mean it's safe it's it's safe for the couple right because i've had unicorn horror stories where it's like the unicorn 
like um and i've been the unicorn where like the husband falls for me because maybe him and his partner are not in a great space um that we i i forget her name all the time because we just call her homewrecker (laughs) (laughs) because she did she did like and it's not just on her. We we call the husband a homewrecker too. Yeah. But because they did go behind the wife's back and start doing checks behind the back, meetups behind the wife's back, you know. And so that it, it would be ignorant to say that that doesn't happen because it does. Mm-hmm. Um, people but, are people. Yeah. But hopefully people can learn the etiquette of maybe if we didn't do things behind people's backs, that wouldn't happen. And if we do, that's probably what's going to happen. Right. That's when it comes, when, when it starts to be dishonest, when people start to lie about things, um, that's when it be, that's when it crosses the line from ethical non-monogamy to just monogamy, AKA or non-monogamy, AKA cheating. Um, and that's where the problem lies. And, um, We've never run into that situation. I know people who have where and it typically tends to be the unicorns who, you know, maybe they they see that this person has this lifestyle and they want it. Or um, sometimes it can be almost a little bit narcissistic in nature where it's like, um, I want to know that I can take away this person from this woman, you know, and I've, I've seen that in um in different situations and in friendships, like I said, um, and I've been involved in a situation with a unicorn where her partner didn't know that she was a quote unquote unicorn. And that's unethical as well, just as though there are sing quote unquote single men whose partners don't know that they're on SLS and SDC. Um, Man, the Rio story. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I was gonna say something else. Okay, so um, we were in Mississippi. Uh, there, there's not like a very big lifestyle scene out there, but um, so uh, but I usually do all the talking on a lot of our sites, you know, because Jessica's not usually like the social butterfly type, you know. So I make a lot of friends with a lot of like the husbands usually. Mm-hmm. And I made a friend with this one guy, and he's he's always sending stuff like, "Hey, you guys gotta come to Florida." you know, and hang out, but this is in the middle of COVID. But one thing that I was going to add too, is that um, as far as, you know, the ethics of like unicorns, because we play with unicorns and hot wives, which I kind of fall into maybe kind of like a similar umbrella. But one thing is that sometimes they, they see what we have and then they want it. Oh my God. And so we've had, try to move in. We've had two literally upset that we wouldn't take them as our like live-in girlfriends or your third, your poly, your uh triad. Yes, but mm-hmm. to like um it we're all everyone is in the swinger lifestyle, but then And they're they're in relationships yeah. too. It's like still actively in relationships. Yeah, but the they see that, oh, I want what they have, mm-hmm. you know um and ready to just give everything up but it's like no i'm happy in my relationship we agreed that this was going to be i think like for the swinger lifestyle is um what's it called just french platonic strictly platonic for us 
Um, but then feelings do develop and we've got to put that back into the platonic zone. Um, and so I feel like if you do initiate something platonically, it is kind of unethical to have, you know, more than platonic expectations. Right. And to continue, continue that on, I mean, that plays into power dynamics. If somebody is expressing to you that, they have feelings for your husband or for you, um, you know, and you're not comfortable with that, you know, you have to communicate with that person. Hey, we can't now it's, it's unethical for us to even have any sort of relationship with you. Um, that goes beyond just like friendship. Like we can't have sex anymore, you know, because then power dynamics come into play again. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is all really good stuff and really like interesting. Um, and I think, you know, again, it's, uh, it's a conversation to be had with everybody in the lifestyle. Um, and also how we view unicorns. Um, I think that that's also something to be had or something to be said, how we view unicorns. We need, we need to lift unicorns up a little bit more, um, but also we need to make them, I think there has to be a level playing field with them. Um, one of the things that we we see a lot is clubs and events. Uh, it's way cheaper to be a single female. Absolutely. I've literally gotten in for free <laughs> when I've quote unquote played the unicorn. Um, and that. And then the single males are really, I think that that gender inequality, um, that can be, that can be also, you know, unicorns can have a higher power dynamic as well because of that. Um, but they want to bring more single women in because that's what more people want. And I just think, I think it's a conversation to continue to have with, with people. And I'm really glad that you guys came on and are talking about it with me because it's been on my mind for a while. Um, I, I hope that it's not offensive to anyone. It can be controversial. Um, so I hope that people understand our, our intention on the subject is a positive one. So, right. We just want to lift up everybody and we just want to make sure that everybody feels safe and feels welcome and feels, um, but also we want to make sure that there, that everyone knows that like there is an etiquette that goes along with it all. And you have to be a little bit more careful, so to speak, when it comes to threesomes and, uh, triad sort of situations. Um, because again, that's where power dynamics come in. And this is just from the, uh, gaze of the lifestyle. This has nothing to do with like polyamory is so different when it comes to triads. I don't know if I could, I don't think I could ever do a triad. And like when we got into the lifestyle, like that's what I wanted. I wanted a triad. I wanted a live-in girlfriend and I wanted like um, a, a, a female, you know, best friend slash, you know, sexual partner as well as my partner. And then I realized I don't think that that would ever be a dynamic that could work for us. The only polyamorous dynamic that could work for us would be is if we dated and were with another already established couple. Yeah. So um, we couldn't do it separately. We would do it like in the sense of like a um, 
what are they, a polycule? Yeah. Um, that would be the only way that it would ever work for us. Uh, personally, the triad thing would just be, it would, it would be off and there would be couples privilege. And I don't feel as though, um, so that's called hierarchical polyamory. And I just don't feel as though that would be ethical in my opinion. For, for us too. And so that was, like I said, we experimented with being poly, um, but coming from the swinger world to the poly world, you realize it is, it is, there is a difference. There's a big difference. And um, I cannot be, it's, I cannot be ethical in a poly relationship because I, I cannot accept the, that, me being equal status as someone else that's just coming into the relationship. And so because I know that I have, I cannot do it ethically, I just can't do it. I don't do it um, because it would be unfair to that person um, because that person is a person. And so, yeah, that, that, that totally couldn't work for me. But Yeah. Well, as we close, can you tell everybody how they can find you and Justin on social media? Um, what, you know, again, just tell us what you guys do and, um, you know, I'd love to continue on these conversations with you guys. I love having couples on here. Um, I know that Brad, like he doesn't, Brad has a love hate relationship with the podcast. Like (laughs) he really, really does, but, um, he hates hearing his own voice. So he's like, I hate, I hate talking. Like, (laughs) But um, I, I love having these conversations. I would love continuing because um, I think what you guys are doing is awesome. And I wanted to thank you so much for the education that you guys bring to the lifestyle and um, being authentic, being yourselves and being honest about like the lifestyle is not all unicorns and rainbows. Right. Um, and, and just being authentic with yourselves is really awesome. And I love that about you guys. So I just wanted to thank you and invite my listeners to, you know, follow them and, and listen to what they have to say. Cause it's some pretty good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you for having us on. This has been such a, I feel like these are conversations that need to happen. Um, but you can find me. I know my Instagram is swinger.ed.jess. Um, my tick, I mean, I go through a lot of accounts. If you go to my website, swingered.com, all of my updated social media accounts are listed on swingered.com. Um, we will be starting up our own podcasting podcast soon. Um, so I would definitely love to do more of these with you and more of these amazing conversations. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and hopefully we get to chat again soon. Absolutely. Love you.